0: Welcome to CritterCast. My name is Karina. My name is Cassie. And we are your co-hosts of CritterCast, a podcast for the love of animals. And it has been some time, my <laughs> friends.
1: It's, it's been a hot minute.
0: It's been some real time. We will be very honest with you. We were on an extended, unplanned, 2020-induced hiatus Oh yes, uh, I think a lot of people will understand where we're coming from when we say "2020 induced." Um, but you know what? We survived. We made it through 2020. It is now 2021.
1: We, we can safely say that now, as of this actual moment,
0: yes, of as of us recording this in yes. the month of January in the year of 2021, yes. we survived that year. Came out of it only mildly scathed. Oh my gosh, <laughs> but we're we're very lucky. We're very blessed. The two of us did not suffer any, um, you know, any really serious losses of income or loved ones or anything like that. Yeah, um, came goodness. close a few times, but you know what? Yeah, we are blessed, and we missed podcasting.
1: Yes, we, we did. missed we missed everyone. We just so did back. not have the energy or the emotional range or honestly the time <laughs> to, yeah, right to devote to it when we were trying to just make it through 2020 and our our hearts before we go further our hearts go out to everyone who did suffer losses yeah. in 2020 this has been just such a hard year yeah uh, and so you know we we empathize with you we feel for you we hope that all of our wonderful friends who we have missed so much are doing okay
0: yeah that being said, we're going to leave the trash can fire that was 2020 behind, yes. and we are just going to start running straight into 2021 with brand new CritterCast episode. What? <laughs> we are so excited. For those of you that maybe are just joining us, or even if you've been here before, but it's been a hot while, let's remind you before we get into today's episode, what CritterCast is all about, who we are, what's up, just real brief cliff notes versions for you guys. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we are, a, we, are a pair. I don't <laughs> <laughs>
0: we are a pair of co-hosts. And as you probably could already tell, this is an unscripted podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. I hope you guessed that.
0: Yeah. I hope so too. But we, we think that it just makes a nice conversational vibe and you just feel like you're sitting in the room with us learning all about animals. Cause at the end of the day, CritterCast is about geeking out about animals. That's what it is. We we love the weird ones, the wacky ones, the kind of creepy ones. Give them all to us. (laughs) We love all critters, big and small. And each episode here on CritterCast, we pick a specific animal and we just tell you all about them. We learn about them so that you can learn about them with plenty of jokes along the way. That's right. (laughs) That being said, neither Cassie or myself are experts in the animals that we talk about most of the time, Um, but we are dedicated lifelong learners and animal lovers. Uh, If you are interested in finding out more about our backgrounds or anything like that, you can always check out our website, CritterCastPodcast.com, and don't worry about writing it down. We'll tell you again at the end of the episode.
1: Okay, Karina, you have held me in suspense for so long. What animal are we talking about today? (laughs)
0: Today here on CritterCast, we're going to talk about the platypus. It's Cassie and Karina and we're at it again, sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot, but we also like to learn, so give us a shot. We'll talk about snails and their tweezer teeth, or gush about our love of manatees. We'll tell you why owls are so scary to us, and there's tons more critters that we'll discuss. We promise to make sure you'll have a Because you're listening to Cast. Oh my god. That lyric hits different now because we really are at it again.
1: Whoa. Like again. You somehow knew this was going to happen. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> uh,
0: yes. So today we are talking about that, that wonderful, mysterious, confusing, strange animal, the platypus.
1: I am so excited. I love platypi. Platypuses? I bet there is some discussion about whether it's platypi or platypuses.
0: So I thought there would be two, but this is actually the very first thing I took down in my notes because I was like, before we start talking about these animals... How do we refer to them in the plural? Right. My whole life, I thought this was like widely debated. And it's honestly really not a debate. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> so according, now they are a solitary animal. So most of the time we can just talk about them in the singular.
1: The platypus. Observe here the platypus.
0: Exactly. Okay. According to grammarist.com, and oh. this is a direct quote, the plural of platypus has been long established in the English speaking world as platypuses. The pl- pl- plural form platypi is accepted by Latinists, scientists, and fans of quirky words. So basically, on the average, it is supposed to be platypuses. There's nothing about the word that means adding an ES is not the correct form of plural. Okay. But if you say platypi...
1: People going to know what you're talking about. Right, right.
0: Okay. Nobody, like, yeah. words become accepted if we right. use them enough. So... There's also, you could also say platypode. So. Right,
1: like octopod, mm-hmm. octopodes. So, there Several you go. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Yes. So basically, I will be using whatever terms I want, and nobody can come for me.
1: Excellent. I love because it.
0: Because <laughs> I'm a fan of quirky words. Hey,
1: that's right. So Therefore, I can say
0: whatever I want. <laughs> yes.
1: Quirk on, little young, young. <laughs> quirky fan
0: (laughs) so i figured we'd just get that out of the way um the the fancy name for a platypus the scientific name we love a we love one of us battering latin here uh is orn um, ornithorhynchus anatinus or tinus
1: anatinus it's an i anatinus
0: maybe could be yes
1: who the heck knows Yeah. I'm sure someone does, but not me. So it's that. Okay. It's there. Yeah. Uh, They
0: are a small mammal. For now, we'll call it Are they, though? We'll call it mammal plus, okay? (laughs) For now. Wait,
1: mammal plus or mammal minus? Because aren't, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, we'll get there. (laughs) We'll get there.
0: They are endemic, one of our favorite words here, to Australia-
1: Australia. One of the
0: wildest places where the wackiest of animals live.
1: My friends,
0: we have to love Australia. And Literally I have to tell everything you,
1: being in Australia will try to kill you.
0: This is accurate. Yes. as we will find. But I have to tell you the reason one of the reasons I picked so we've got a, a running list of animals that we want to talk about. One of the reasons I picked the platypus for our first episode back is because I've recently been reobsessing over the Irwin family and therefore the Australian Zoo and Australian animals in general, because I grew up like most other people in our generation loving Steve Irwin. Very upset when he died, but loving Breaking. watching his children and his wife and his whole, you know, and his future grand whole livelihood just growing up in his image and doing a lot of good work. And uh, honestly, it, Critter, here at Crittercast, we aspire to, like, that's, you know, just all about telling
1: people how cool these animals are. So, we in a plaster statue of, of Steve and Terry Irwin that we can have in our, our, our Crittercast studio.
0: Oh, yeah. I am not that skilled.
1: I have a bunch of dry pasta.
0: Okay, perfect. So we'll just make a pasta, Steve Irwin. Yeah. He would have loved it. You know he would have. (laughs) <laughs> so uh it's a classic the platypus right it's a classic critter cast animal because like I've said a couple times already we love the weird ones it's and we weird. have a an ongoing beef with taxonomy <laughs> um, so it's <laughs>
1: perfect for us
0: exactly these little guys they guys gals friends whatever you want to call them <laughs> refuse to conform to anything that humans say is supposed to be true <laughs> we're like mammals are warm-blooded you know, milk-giving, live-bearing animals, <laughs> and they're like, mm, but are they? <laughs> so, uh,
1: okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me let me tell you some information that I know about animals. Okay, all snakes lay eggs. Mm. All furry animals give live birth.
0: Mm. Today, we're going to talk two, about right? why that's wrong. <laughs> um, we have talked about why that's wrong before, of course, because we've talked about live bearing snakes like Kenyan sand boas. But um, yeah, you know, they're just going to be little weirdos. It's who they are. Uh, and that's see. why we love them. Of course, this is what the platypus is famous for, right? Being an egg laying mammal. We'll talk about the details of that a little more later.
1: But there's I f- also... I feel like that might not be an, of course, for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. yeah. Maybe. So let's I just thought, say
1: that again. Okay. Platypuses that otherwise in most ways look like mammals, they lay eggs. But,
0: okay, yes. Yes, true, period. However, comma, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do they in otherwise actually look like mammals? True, though. Because they really don't. True, <laughs> like, though. They kind of do. They kind of don't. <laughs> um, as far, you know, as far as appearances go, they're, they're dark brown. They're kind of like flat, um, torpedo-ish shaped animals, uh, but they have a large, flat bill. Like, like a, a duck, duck. bill. Mm-hmm. They're, only, sometimes they're called duck-billed platypuses, but right? yeah. Duck
1: bills tend to be like a little bit more, you can see us here, we're making the yes, making, we're a making Yes,
0: they're even flatter than a duck bill, partly because their head is wider and flatter. So the bill is just kind of extension of that. And then they also have webbed feet. So if you're having a hard time, if you've never seen a platypus, firstly, uh, what? Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How? Where do you? You don't live in Australia.
0: That's true. <laughs> and you just, I don't know, you've just never seen a platypus? That's baffling to me. But uh, if, if you if you have, let me throw out some more common animals that you can kind of Frankenstein together in your head. Mm-hmm. A beaver. Think about an otter with a beaver tail and a duck bill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because beavers are a little too hefty, you know? But like streamlined like an otter, but yes, with that flat beaver tail, but a duck bill. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, This was not an animal that was created by a mad scientist or an evil wizard.
0: No. Fun fact, Mm -mm. uh, because that's what we're all about here. When they were first, when the first platypus was spotted back in, I think, 1799, um, Honestly, Imagine the scientists, those people, though. No, the scientists that discovered them straight up thought somebody must be... He looked for stitches because he thought somebody must be pranking us. Like, this can't be real. Right. And in fact, it was real. It's a real animal.
1: Okay, but are we sure, though? Have you I mean, ever in real life seen a platypus?
0: I have not, but Robert Irwin has. So...
1: Okay, I give Robert Irwin much credibility. So yeah. I will I will trust that Robert Irwin is not trying to pull a fast one on us.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. But if
1: they were, though, this would be one of the best longest running jokes ever.
0: That's true. <laughs> Literally, million hundreds of millions of year joke. But uh, but yes, good one. Science <laughs> size wise, size wise, these guys measure about fifteen to twenty four inches in length. Which, for you friends not in the United States, that's about thirty eight to sixty centimeters long. That's smaller than I thought they were. Right. They're small mammals. So that's part of why they're yeah. they're very confusing at times because yeah. they're just, I don't know, you think of them as bigger, especially being in Australia. I mean, everything in Australia is like go big or go home. Right. And they're like, meh. They fit a niche. And they're they like fit it well. I am at
1: home in Australia. I am the literal embodiment of Australia. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> yes.
0: So generally males are larger than females. Um, not not by like crazy significant amounts, but generally bigger. That's kind of where any sexual dimorphism ends. They don't look any different, um, you know, just by seeing them swimming on by you. Just that males are a little bit bigger. You wouldn't be able to tell though because they're solitary. So you would never see them in a group mm-hmm. and be able to be like, ooh, that one's a boy, that one's a girl. You just gotcha. wouldn't know um let's see they're found in eastern australia waterways kind of all over the place
1: eastern so. australia okay so that's like the Sydney area wait hold on what? i gotta see what's in eastern australia hold the on s- hold on i gotta look this up okay. and in waterways so are they freshwater
0: yes they okay. have been spotted um they've been spotted like swimming in saltwater but they have to feed in freshwater. Okay. But yes, to Eastern Australia, a couple different states, um, but I'll be honest with you, I don't really know the breakdown of Australia enough to have noted that down.
1: Okay. Eastern, oh, I had it so backwards. (laughs) Eastern Australia is Queensland and New South Wales. We have talked about those areas multiple times. Queensland a lot, I feel like. Yes, I feel like there's some, well, because I think that's Yeah, the more rainforesty bits, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you are in Australia and you would like to correct us and help us not sound like idiots, please contact us.
0: Please do. Like we said, not experts here. And there's often gaps in our research and the research we pull from. So, you know, things happen.
1: It's a learning in progress.
0: But in those Eastern Australian waterways, they spend most of their time foraging around on the bottom of waterbeds for food. They love to snack on invertebrates. Sometimes they will come up to the top, uh, to the surface of the water for frogs or fish or uh, surface insects as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they love, and they love a crustacean if they can find a crustacean. (laughs) Don't we all? Right. Right. Gotta love them, shrimpies.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, and I wrote this after, you know, not knowing we would have already talked about it. But despite looking like they were Frankenstein together from pieces of other animals, they're actually highly adapted to suit their needs, like incredibly exactly what they need to be to live where they live, which is just crazy. Sure. You know, their body is flat and streamlined for moving through the water and navigating. They have dense, waterproof fur. Love that. Love waterproof fur. Yep. Yeah. So just the mechanics of that are that they have longer hairs called guard hairs that lay across the top of their coat and keep their soft underhairs dry, even if they've been submerged in water for a long period of time. Okay. You know, they're just fancy that way. Yep. Yep. I can't think of anything else similar to that. To compare it to in my
1: mind but. um okay so i i got one here i gotcha um some dogs are double coated yes yeah that's true and they have the long kind of rougher fur on top and then huskies the s- yes yeah Peppers. absolutely and um some terriers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah that's true and it so helps let's, keep them warm it helps with you know thermal <laughs> things as well as keeping dry
1: so we'll add into that mix of otter beaver Duck. We'll add in dog. Too. Okay.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Speaking of dogs, they also have strong front limbs for digging and swimming. Extra muscles. And they actually have kind of primitive skeletal structures that allow them to be like extra muscular in their shoulders and front arms. Huh. hmm Okay. Yep. They have a flat tail that helps stabilize them in the water. And then their back legs are a little bit smaller than their front legs. And those are used as their rudders and brakes so that they can change directions and slow down when they need to. All right. But they move very quick in the water. They have uh, on the top of their bill. They have two closable little nostrils What? they can, you know, they can plug they can pinch and pinch them closed. The Wait, well, with,
1: their, with their paw? Do they? No, they oh. just
0: get their nose. Just does it all on its own. Isn't that fancy?
1: I can't pinch my nostrils closed with with just my willpower. <laughs> no, you, you know can't. I'm trying it. You right have
0: now. to. You have to. We would have to. Have you ever done that though, when you were a kid, where you plug your nose physically and then? And then you suck in to keep it closed. But that only works for me for...
1: <laughs> yes, when I was a kid, I did that. Definitely not now. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh,
0: that only works for me for like five seconds. So they're much more impressive than that. <laughs> Very impressive. They also have, um, because, you know, they're swimming around in the water, their eyes and ears are fairly close together, actually kind of in the same groove along, and it's on the top of their head as opposed to being, like, on the side or anything like that. So, you know, they have a weird way of viewing the world. But yeah. they, have, they have small eyes and then little, little ear slits. And just like their nostrils those can close up, actually do close up and seal when they submerge underwater so they don't get water in everything.
1: So they're actually better waterproof than my phone.
0: Yes, without yeah. a doubt. That's yeah. yeah,
1: not surprising. They're okay.
0: d- definitely more leak-proof than anything else. <laughs> so there you go. Their bill is covered in soft, sensitive skin on the outside along with those little nostrils, and it has oh. some really cool parts of it that we'll talk about in a second and then inside their mouth they don't have teeth so that's kind of cool you know always love I tell when people ask you know do my snakes bite do the dogs or cats at at my work bite and the line is if an animal has teeth it can bite
1: well yes a platypus does not have teeth I assume it can still bite but that probably wouldn't be its go-to
0: right exactly but they have they have two um Plates of hardened tissues for grinding things up instead. Okay, all right. You know, why not? Let's see. But yeah, we've already kind of mentioned it, but they're solitary animals that spend most of their waking hours foraging for food and occasionally coming up to rest in their burrows along the riverbank. I I don't know what else there would be for them to do, um, but that's what most wild animals do. I mean, they
1: (laughs) also read philosophy and watch The Real Housewives of Canberra.
0: Yeah, I don't really think they have TVs in the rivers,
1: but... Shows how much you know.
0: <laughs> they are described as extremely energetic and active, which I is like counterintuitive to what you would think of them yes. looking at them. But yes, they are because they okay. spend so much of their day foraging. You okay. know, the act of foraging in and of itself is is quite active. It's not They're not opportunistic feeders waiting for food to come to them. They're not hunting. They're just sneaking through digging for food all day long
1: so they're also like
0: cows kind of yeah like
1: kind of munching all day
0: But cows, I wouldn't describe as energetic because, well, there's two, that's part of it is that there's cows and other animals that are foragers or grazers spend all day eating because they expend so much energy just being because they're so large. But because, or we guess that because platypuses are smaller animals and they're built so well for their environment, they don't need that much, um, you know, they don't have to eat such a large physical amount. Right, in order to have energy to live their daily life,
1: and you said they could even eat like insects and stuff, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. they're they're carnivores, so they don't eat plants or anything. Do they but,
1: eat mealworms?
0: I mean, I don't think there are mealworms in Australia. I bet
1: they would eat mealworms, but
0: I bet they would. Yeah, I I don't think they would be very picky if you gave them a gave them. Kind of want to try it now. It. <laughs> I, I it might be a little challenging, but <laughs> why not?
1: Challenge accepted.
0: <laughs> they make burrows in the riverbanks. And the Of openings, course they do. Well, yeah, they're not going to sleep in the water. They're still mammals. They don't live in the water all the time. What? So while they spend most of their day there, they do come up to burrow on the riverbank, um, and they, they make the opening just big enough for them to squeeze in so that nothing else, like it doesn't have a big wide opening and so that it actually helps to like wring out excess moisture as they go oh. through it. So they treat themselves like a little sponge.
1: Smart. Just kind of go through and it squeezes out. out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Which is such a strange thing. <laughs> so but strange. You know what?
1: You go, you do yep. you. We're yeah. just embracing the strange this episode.
0: Yeah, we didn't talk about, or I didn't, there's not a lot written about what specifically their burrows are made of, but I would assume that it's a lot like a beaver dam where it's a combination of mud and wood and, um, you know, whatever else is in the area to just kind of solidify it and digging, of course.
1: So do they use the same burrow, like... Over and over again, not just make a new one every time they're sleepy because that would be a waste of energy.
0: Yeah, they do. Um, again, there's not a ton of information on mm-hmm. like their migrations, if they migrate at all, or right. if they mostly stick in the same area forever. But they will revisit the same burrow okay. over and over. So, yeah. whether or not they move at some point is huh. un unknown. But interesting. Yeah, they're not like making new. they like, all the
1: time. Mm, I got bored of this one. I want to yeah. redecorate, and I just kind of want to start over.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You never know. They they could do that. Uh, as far as when they're active, they are generally crepuscular, another one of our favorite words here. Yeah. Meaning active during, you know, day, sunrise and sunset. However, I liked that there was a little note in a lot of different articles that I read that individuals can be seen being active during the day, too, because something like cloud coverage or humidity levels are also right. just literal personal preference because they don't follow your rules. Just because whatever they think- want
1: they should be crepuscular it doesn't mean they all have been they didn't all get the memo
0: right there's no they're not like talking to each other like hey you know maybe you should right. sleep during the day and also because they're not really there's there's not a lot that they are prey for there's they don't have a lot of predators we like in
1: in How research, is that true they're in Australia and you, they look like they'd be delicious little snackies right and they
0: spend so much time in the water and like you you would think, right? You would think. But in all of my research, there literally was nothing stating what what their predator likes were. I guarantee they have at least some, but it's not a big enough concern that it plays into their regular daily behavior. I am shocked. I know. I'm and and it hasn't even gotten weird yet. We're still on the <laughs> basics. I'm so sorry. It's okay. not even weird yet. Okay. Uh, We haven't seen, like many other Australian animals, they don't really hibernate. Um, They do, though, have an unusually low body temperature for a mammal, Hmm. hovers around 90 degrees Fahrenheit or 32 degrees Celsius, which is, you know, a, a solid 10 degrees cooler than other mammals yeah six six depending on who you are i run pretty cold so you
1: do run cold that would <laughs> just, be very cold for me
0: yes well i, I think run i would hot. i think i might be dead already i think most of us <laughs> would would be in hypothermia territory there you know
1: like right. yes our bodies are much more it would sensitive. not be good for us
0: um early on some some scientists theorized that these guys um, couldn't regulate their own body temperatures that these guys, and you know what? I, I had it written down, but I think I skipped over it in my, um, in my notes somewhere, but these are um, they fall in a category of mammals with only one other animal, the echidna, which is Mm. also endemic to Australia. Right. And it is called, where did I put it in my notes? Wow. Well, they're, they're monotremes. Um, which. basically means we couldn't classify them any other way like other mammals, (laughs) so we just threw them in here. Um, But echidna are the same way in that um, people thought, oh, no, they can't. They must not be able to regulate their body temperature. But they were able to study and see that even after extended periods in very, very cold water, downwards of um, 4 degrees Fahrenheit and in in the negatives of Celsius, they were still able to maintain a consistent body temperature. So they can regulate their own. So they thermoregulate. Internally, they can regulate their own temperature. Okay. So not like reptiles. So not a
1: reptile.
0: Not a reptile, but maybe a reptile,
1: but who who, who knows?
0: And lifespan-wise, again, it's a little bit hard to tell because we don't have a lot of research on this, but it is believed that they can live upwards of f- 20 years in the wild, and the longest-lived individual in captivity was alive till 23. So... For small mammals, they live quite a long time. That's forever
1: for a small mammal.
0: Yeah, because when you think about other other mammals in this size range, like large rabbits are in this size range, and they don't live anywhere near that long. No. You know? Okay, sure. That is more along the lifespan of a bird or reptile. Yes, it is. Just saying. Yes, it is. All right. Now we're going to get into the stuff that's a little bit more extraordinary. Oh boy. Um, but of course, you know, if, if you have questions that don't go along with my notes, we can jump around, you know, just shout out those burning questions. Okay. Because hopefully I thought ahead and I have an answer <laughs> to it. Fingers crossed.
1: challenge (laughs) accepted (laughs)
0: right so one thing to think about because they are egg laying right one difference that one other difference that we see between them and traditional mammals is that unlike you know us mammals they have one single hole called the cloaca which Mm -hmm. is where they eliminate all their waste and lay their eggs this is the same in birds and the same in reptiles as well and dinosaurs. And dinosaurs, because yes. dinosaurs are both birds and reptiles.
1: Yes, and they had cloaca. Yes, exactly. I, yes. Okay, so so now I know what a platypus is. It's, it's a dinosaur. It's actually a dinosaur. <laughs> I believe that 100%. That makes <laughs> the most sense so far.
0: Okay. Okay. So we talked about when they're submerged, that they close their eyes, ears, and nostrils, right, and navigate through the water. Sure, why but, not? But did it occur to you that if they're swimming through the water blind and deaf without their nose how they're getting around
1: do they have um electro sensors on their on their bill
0: Electroreceptors, yes right there a hundred percent
1: dang i'm good
0: uh yes and this is also echidnas have these as well so that do is they? that's one other thing that that makes up the order monotremata. that's where i had it written oh down. my gosh found it
1: um so now basically that like sharks have that Some sharks sharks have that. Some
0: some other types of fish and bumblebees also have a way of sensing electrostatic fields.
1: Platypuses, what are
0: you? I know, but that's one way that they are able to detect prey because the muscle movements in their prey will emit electric static for them to pick up but it's probably also now this wasn't written down anywhere but I'm just making a logical leap that it's probably also a way for them to avoid predators
1: oh I would assume because large
0: predators be making all kinds of oh yeah muscle movements
1: Mm -mm. generally (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you know there they go and since salt will mess up the electrical right. currents they can swim in salt water but they can't eat there because that it would sense. just be like thrown a curve in how they find things so they have to be nearby fresh water so that they can eat in fresh water so fancy yep <laughs> i see i have made you mildly speechless
1: i thought i knew what made platypuses um Unique, yeah, but I find that I had no idea,
0: right? You, I mean, you did know one way that they're unique,
1: I did not understand the extent of their uniqueness.
0: Yeah, there's
1: more. Oh no,
0: there's more. Give it to me. All right, here we go. Um, they are one of the only venomous mammals.
1: (laughs) I knew it was coming, but it still gets me every time, right? Venomous, venomous. Not
0: poisonous. Not toxic. Venomous. Venomous. I will clarify that only males are venomous. um, And they are not lethal to humans, but they are lethal to other smaller animals.
1: So is that a part of their... Their predation method, is that part of how they hunt?
0: No, it is more because they're foragers and they don't really need that to take down, you know, invertebrates and frogs and stuff. It's a defense mechanism. Okay. So males have small spurs on the inside of each of their ankles, and that's (laughs) connected to a venomous gland over their thigh, and they can wield those little spurs, and when they puncture things, they can— Give off venom that's potent enough to kill a small mammal and potent enough to sting a human. it wouldn't kill a human, but like
1: yes nine one one hi i I think i have I got stung by something. no, it wasn't a bee <laughs> I, I think it was a platypus yeah,
0: I don't know. its ankle just came towards me and then it just hurt. Like it a hurts a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but also, so, it's still really cute. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because they, they're weird, but they're cute, right? Like I don't know what it is. It's almost like you could put fur on anything, and most humans would find it cute. Okay, that's that's a good argument. But also, I, I am now starting to think of animals where if furry, I'm not sure they would be that cute.
1: Chinese crested dogs. <laughs>
0: stop it stop well furry would just be a chihuahua like it would just
1: oh you're right those are cute
0: <laughs> it's it's us messing and taking things off that sh- like taking fur off things that should never be naked that's true that's, that's true that's just us <laughs> so despite being plentiful in their habitats you know them living all over australia there's just there's not a lot that we know about the specifics of the day-to-day platypus life, including their mating habits. We don't know a ton about them. And they are not often successfully kept in captivity. So there's not a lot of opportunity to study and observe them.
1: So do you know why? What are some of the difficulties to keeping them in captivity? I didn't look up
0: the, specifics, yeah. the specific research, but my assumption would be that since they are active and energetic, right. that it's, you can think of them like high drive animals yeah. and without being able to really recreate their natural mm-hmm. habitat, I could see them just not thriving enough to actually yeah. teach you. Because if that you totally put an animal like that in... Captivity in like standing still water, or you know, some kind of right. fake river, or just in something where they were lacking the ability to do everything they do. Any information you get is going to be like meh information, you know? So, it's what not you're saying be
1: is that the zoos need to build a lazy river.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not like zoos can't keep other river animals, like river otters and we're things like, like that. Yeah. But it's a lot of work to keep otters in captivity. And I think that platypuses are just even a step above that. Yeah, it sounds like it. What I'm saying, what I didn't write in my notes, but what I said in my head was, if you live in Australia, please don't try to keep a platypus as a pet. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. It
0: seems like a terrible idea. Yes, yes. Don't do it.
1: No, I know there are strict laws
0: against that in Australia anyway. Good. um, But, you know, just like don't even be tempted. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, nope. Uh, What we do know about their mating season is that they are... Extremely solitary animals, with the exception of their mating season, which is usually late winter to spring. Um, and they don't usually mate until they're a couple years old. The number they threw out was four, but I'm not really sure how they got that specific right. number. Yeah. But we'll throw it there. <laughs> and it's been observed that males will fight over, com- you know, over female availability. Okay. Um, and they can inflict some serious damage on each other. Sure. With those spurs. With
1: those spurs. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. They, they
0: cannot kill each other with venom but they can inflict some serious damage. Yeah. Makes sense. Courtship and mating takes place exclusively in the water. And all they can say is that it seems like it's pretty strenuous um, and can get pretty <laughs> aggressive. They have observed males like clamping onto the females' tails that the females like chase and lead them away from things. So oh boy, it doesn't sound like it's the most peaceful or yeah. consensual of experiences. Right, but right. But who are we to judge? That's true. (laughs) You know, okay, well, I just, but yeah, so not a lot of details there, but we know that it's maybe not the nicest thing. And then that's where it ends for males they, uh, they they mate and off they go back to their solitary lifestyle. Then now they, my assumption is it wasn't written exclusively, but my assumption is that they probably mate several times during mating season. Makes sense. Before they, fully go back on onto their solitary lifestyle yeah, yeah. um but females will then you know if the, if fertilization has happened they will gestate for about two weeks sometimes two they think weeks? it might be longer okay um before they actually lay the eggs and then the eggs incubate for another six to ten days outside that's it
1: that's all it takes to make a baby platypus well, it might be a longer
0: gestation period. It's kind of hard to tell, that's but true. I think at least two weeks. And when the mom's getting ready to lay the eggs, she will create a specific nursery burrow. Um, and she lays up to two eggs at a time. Oh, up to that's two. it? Okay. Yeah. I believe right. that they can do this multiple times a breeding season, okay. though, because the gestation the- and incubation is shorter. Maybe like right. two times per breeding season. Yeah. Um. So. That's why we assume they're fairly prolific. Yeah. Uh, But the eggs are not like bird eggs. They're more like reptile eggs in that they're soft and leathery. Mm -hmm. And she will incubate them by wrapping around them instead of sitting on them. She'll wrap around them and kind of her bill will be touching her tail and incubate them. When they hatch, they hatch because baby platypuses, like birds and reptiles, have an egg tooth that helps them. (laughs) <laughs> puncture, you know, puncture and, and get their way out of there.
1: Awesome. They Excellent. also
0: have like a primitive version of teeth that will then be shed when they become independent and are eating on their own. What? Why what? Why mammals what? think that babies what? need such sharp teeth when they're nursing Seriously. will never make any sense to me.
1: But I'm pretty sure that none of the mama mammals were consulted about this. No,
0: but like no. this is a thing that we consistently see yep. across all kinds of mammals. Milk teeth, man. Yeah, like, it's not nice.
1: Don't do yeah, it. Yeah,
0: humans Just are lucky. Do babies don't have milk teeth. <laughs> like human babies don't. But all kinds of like goodness. tiny kitten teeth are so oh,
1: horrible. So accurate.
0: <laughs> They're awful. They're awful. <laughs> um. Oh. Anyway, so... This is another strange thing. Um, Platypuses do not have nipples, but they do, uh, you know, they do provide milk for their babies. How? It is secreted from glands in their skin, and then it collects in, like, grooves and on the ends of specific hairs. What? And their babies will either lap it up from the little grooves or suckle on the hairs. I'm It makes very little sense. Uh, <laughs> make it make sense, I said, and the research said no, and the platypus said no.
1: <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't. I can't. I. I no I, thank you.
0: I don't think I would want milk oozing out of my skin.
1: No. No. <laughs> I don't want to be a platypus. No, no thank no. you.
0: No. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. That's what they do. It's how they do it. They do okay. not have nipples. Um they babies will nurse for 3 to 4 months before becoming independent and leaving the burrow and going off on their own.
1: Get out of here, you hair suckers. Mhm.
0: <laughs> they are they're quite small when they're born but they grow a lot in those couple of months when they're still in the burrow with they their mom so that, that they that stand a chance. Milk. Right. So they the stand secretions. a chance when they're independent. Though they are not fully grown until twelve to eighteen months, and okay. they hit sexual maturity towards the tail end of that.
1: Well, that part sounds more mammal-like.
0: Right, right. That takes them some time to yeah. to grow up. That timeline tracks. Um, oh
1: my goodness!
0: Not a lot of the other information about them tracks, but the timeline <laughs> I'm does. So confused. So there you go. So one of the one of the other things to think about is. You know, we don't know that much about them, but, but people are trying to learn. There actually was a, a brand new study published just this year, like literally a week or two ago. So nice. very timely that we'd be talking about this in, in January of 2021. Yes. Good stuff. Yes. Good stuff. So what this new research is showing, it's it's going to provide us some insight into, you know, why scientists want to study them to learn more about evolution. I think
1: we can tell.
0: Right. To learn more, not just about the platypus and why they are, because honestly, it's kind of just like they are what they are. <laughs> who, who, you know, it is what it is. But how did you get here, though? Right, and, and why what are can they we so learn different? from this? Right, mm-hmm. why are they so different from other mammals or right. birds or reptiles? And how did we all start from common ancestors? Right,
1: and if they were, we're so building, successful. you know. Because they're so successfully adapted to their environment. Mm -hmm. Why didn't other things evolve along similar ways?
0: Right. And and they're very primitive in many ways. They have not
1: changed much in
0: a long time because they haven't needed to. So they
1: just kind of jumped off of that, like, evolutionary tree at some point. They were like, we're good. This works for us. We're We're just going to stick here for a bit. Yes. Like a couple millennia.
0: Back in 2008 um, was when we first tried to assemble a full genome and, ah. and really look at their DNA. Do but they have we,
1: DNA even or do well, they not? Because They I do. They do. Just okay. like all other living things. they. Do. I would not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> However. If anyone was going to mess with that, it would be platypuses.
0: That's probably accurate. Yes. Unfortunately, in 2008, they only had female, a female DNA sample okay. to work with, so they did not have a complete genome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, just recently, they were able to add in a male DNA and actually get a very accurate,
1: wow, mostly
0: full genome Go for the platypus. Nice work. And what it's, what it's giving us is a very confusing blend of bird, reptile, and mammal genes.
1: Okay. Yeah, like that
0: that tracks. So yeah, we're going to stick with calling it a (laughs) mammal, but it does also have a lot of genetic similarities and literally identical genes to birds and reptiles. (laughs) So that's cool. (laughs) But yes, scientists think that further research into their genome and into how they evolved to what they are can give us more information on how our own distant, re- distant relatives went from laying eggs to giving birth and then eventually, you know, becoming us. Millions and millions of years down the line. Right. 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 Don't, yes. don't, it wasn't actually, it's not how humans went from, it's how. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Relatives turned yes. into humans. Right. Over time. So living mammals currently are broken down into three groups. Monotremes, which are literally just the echidnas and platypuses. Right marsupials we think okay of our koalas and our wombats and our yep. kangaroos pouchy friends mm-hmm. and then eutherians or placentals and that's where we go and that's okay. where most other mammals go and
1: because again get- what the heck taxonomy
0: Right, and also like, why do we need groups and subgroups and classes and orders and phylums and-
1: Okay, but we're really hard on taxonomists a lot of the time in taxonomy. (laughs) And like really, like the rest of us, they're just here in this weird world being like- They're just
0: trying to make sense, right? They're just trying to sort
1: things. That's right, that's right. Because
0: that's just our nature. Our human nature is to be like, like things go with like things. Accurate. And then the platypus was like, but what if I wasn't like anything? Or what if (laughs) I was like too many things? And they were like, "Mm, here, have your own box. (laughs) It's (laughs) like when you go into a room and you're trying to organize and you're like, this is my keep pile and this is my giveaway pile. Oh, this is my maybe pile. This is my maybe, but I'm leaning towards keep pile and this is my maybe, (laughs) but right. It just keeps getting more and more complicated. Definitely. (laughs) Platypuses are a great example of that.
1: That's right. Life is complicated. Okay. It is so
0: complicated. (laughs) Scientists, to scientists, it's extremely unclear when mammals split into these distinct three groups. Like- But they think that studying the platypus is really going to help give them some clarity. That makes give them sense. A, give them an evolutionary timeline. Maybe. Yes, yes. But keep in mind that, like I said, this data is brand new. It's brand new. We don't, like, we have barely had any time to even just marvel at it. Like, we, we really don't know everything that this is going to mean for science. But I think lots of scientists are excited. One of the things they paid extra attention to were the sex chromosomes.
1: Okay, okay. Okay, tell me. Okay, so most mammals, uh-huh. humans, like we have two sex chromosomes, right? Right, X, X and y y pair. Yeah. That's it. I mean, yes, variations on those oh, right. sometimes. But yes, that's right. the sometimes basics.
0: You get a third, but then that's considered yeah out of the ordinary, right? That's not usually have-
1: what we're going for. But you know what? No, no, so- no shame to different bodies. Right.
0: right. Echidnas yeah. have nine sex chromosomes. <gasps> and platypuses have ten. So they have five X and five Y that are... Assembled in a ring. And it's believed that the ring has been broken up, you know, over over the timeline in other mammals. And that's why we don't have as many. But chickens and other birds have more sex chromosomes like platypuses. Oh, okay. So just when you think that, okay, I can see how they maybe are more like birds than they are like am- mammals. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Then you have to look at the fact that they lack. Any genes that code for strong egg proteins. So reptiles and birds, because they don't nurse or anything after they hatch, they require all the nutrition from their yolk and their shell and everything to come up. But platypuses, their babies don't need those egg proteins because they get milk. So they don't have those genes. Okay.
1: Yep. All right. It's so much.
0: Yeah. I'm... I blew my own mind.
1: <laughs> this is a crittercast first, friends. It,
0: it really is. <laughs> we ju- I blew your mind. I blew my own mind. You blew your mind. We just all blew everyone's minds. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where. That's where they're headed. That's the focus right now. Is not on their behavioral patterns or anything like that. It's no, we
1: just want to know where genes. are you, right? <laughs> where and, did you come from,
0: and when did you become this way, so that and we can look at that you point in history, with us? Yes. right? Because at one once upon a time, when somebody first discovered a fossil that was about 110 million years old and it looked kind of like a platypus, they were like, "Ooh, 110 years old, like 110 million years old." That's how oh, old the platypus okay. is. Okay, sorry, right. I think I was.
1: You, you leaving were thinking millions. in millions. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, but they later were looking at the molecular structure in the dental bones and decided okay. that while it looked like a platypus, it was not a, a direct relative. So they put it are in its own Are you kidding me? All right. But they do believe that platypuses that are alive today definitely had direct relatives 60 million years ago. So still a very long That's time That's a pretty
1: ago. long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay.
0: Personally, I believe it is a crime that there was not more research done up to this point.
1: Seriously. I recognize. I think we should just all drop what we're doing and
0: just research platypuses. Yes,
1: because it will <laughs> surprise and delight us for the rest of our lives. Right.
0: I recognize that obviously there is so much that we don't know still. And, you know, one. We can't expect scientists to to learn everything all yes, at once, I especially can. when we don't fund them scientists the way they it. should oh. be funded.
1: Okay, this right? is accurate. I
0: think especially, I'm amazed that this kind of research was done last year at all. Like, <laughs> I know not all scientists are epidemiologists was it done or virologists, you know, but like, <laughs> that's because Australia had it together, man. That's right. Their zoo is open already. <laughs> I'm just saying. Ours have to keep opening and closing and opening and closing. Yep. It's fine. Um, One other small thing. um, Actually, two other small things. Uh, A side note of I believe it's a crime. They're not more researched. Yes. The organization that classifies the, you know, conservation statuses of animals has Mm -hmm. them classified as a species of least concern. But they admit that they don't really know what their numbers look like.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: And I think that's negligence.
1: We haven't seen a decline. Right. Okay. They seem plentiful okay cool but like what if they're not I mean I think that we should just assume in this world at this point in time that everything is a little bit threatened and we should do what we can to preserve habitat and not introduce invasive species etc
0: yes this is accurate but anyway my last note I made was these guys right as they forage along the riverbed they are literally bottom feeders so from this point forward in my life I will not accept that as an insult (laughs) That's only ever a compliment. Says, you bottom feeder, I'm gonna be like, thank you. <laughs> and that's it. I've it, never been called a yes. bottom feeder before, but I'm just prepared. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, I feel like at this point now, um, anytime that I, I want to tell somebody how truly special and unique, but also incredibly like strong I think they are, I'm I'm not going to call them a unicorn or, you know, like a magical mermaid or anything like that. They're clearly a platypus.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yes. Also I can get on board with that.
1: I'm I'm also supremely jealous of the witches and wizards who have platypuses as their um familiars. Or yes, or their Patronuses.
0: Okay. That's what I had for you today. Um th- thank
1: thank you. <laughs> thank
0: you. I hope that our our listeners at home are feeling the same as Cassie and I are both feeling where I have a burning desire to know more, but also feel like I've learned more than I could ever comprehend in my life.
1: It's like one of those really, really dense math classes or language classes where you're cramming all that information into your brain and you hit a point where your inf- your brain literally cannot process more information. You just have to go away and let What's been poured in percolate for a little while before right. you can like add more to it. Right. That's where and I'm at. Like, we made it. We we This recorded. was a doozy of an episode to bring us back into season two of CritterCast. Exactly.
0: Exactly. We do think that a season format in which we give ourselves a little break at the end of a certain number of episodes is probably a good idea for us um it just really helped us recharge so yes, yes, yes. this is season two of CritterCast, and uh we don't know how many episodes it'll be yet we'll look at the calendar figure it out probably we'll a fair run. amount but this time at you least know. we'll let you know when we plan for a hiatus definitely and that'll just we know now that that helped us
1: and thank you dear friends for sticking with us really
0: really honestly really. If you, if you didn't know what was going on and you saw this new episode go up and you're like, oh, it exists still.
1: Thank you. <laughs> thank thank you. you.
0: We feel thank the same. Thank you. Thank you, yes. um, thank you for so glad you it and giving us giving us another chance to wow you with our amazing critter facts and all of our geeking out and also make you laugh with our completely unscripted jokes. Sometimes they're winners. <laughs> sometimes they sizzle out. I don't know. You just, you got to go for it. You know, they're not all going to be winners. That's right.
1: If you, if you take, if you take an attempt at every pun, sometimes you'll land on gold and sometimes you'll land on groans.
0: Here on CritterCast, you can expect to hear from us every two weeks for, for a new episode. We upload every other week. And we'll be shifting to a Tuesday upload special so that it'll be ready for your Tuesday morning commute.
1: All right. for
0: um, Commute? My... What's a commute? Uh, right. Um, you know, for your Tuesday morning break Coffee work, break. There, there we go. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit long for a coffee break, but you do you. If you want to take a 45-minute break in the middle of your morning, go for it.
1: Okay, I support you. it. Thank you for validating me. I really I appreciate it.
0: that. That's so nice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Cassie, if if people want, you know, if maybe this is their first ever time coming to CritterCast. Yeah. And they want to know, okay, cool. So this these people are going to be making new episodes. That's great. Mm-hmm. Where could we maybe listen to their old episodes?
1: Oh, well, they should go and look for us on any platform where they stream their podcasts or music. We're on Spotify. We're on Wait, okay. It's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. We're on Apple Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. Mm -hmm. We also are on our own website, which is...
0: CritterCastPodcast.com. That's
1: right. And you can find all of our old episodes there. Hit that subscribe button. And make sure that you get updated every time we come out with a new episode. What? Mm-hmm.
0: You don't have to rely on your own sense of passing time to That's look right. for two weeks because none of us have Who a sense of knows? passing time anymore. Oh,
1: you don't so know. So let
0: us do the hard work for you and notify you when a new episode has come out. That's Follow right. us on your favorite platform or directly on our website. While you're perusing our website, take a look through some of our other tabs. You can find out more about us. Our backgrounds. Ooh. Ooh. You can find some fun information on reptiles as pets <gasps> because we were inspired by having pet reptiles. That's why we started Critter Cats. And here you go. We yep. want to spread the love of them. You can hop on over to our shop on Redbubble. Look for some CritterCast merch. Wow. Be, uh, a pist pist, it may be getting a few new items at
1: some I, point this year. Is any of those items going to have a platypus on it?
0: I mean, we're going to do our best, okay? okay we're good. not digital artists, but we're going to do our <laughs> best.
1: We have learned this. But, <laughs> we, we have. But
0: <laughs> our merch is made with love, so ah. that's better than skill, right? <laughs>
1: Sure.
0: <laughs> lots, uh, now, I will say, lots of our merch features designs that is both full of love and skill. Yes. Because it's by our most wonderful friend, Zara, the future Dr. Zara, Ooh-hoo. as she is currently pursuing her degree in veterinary medicine. She's so
1: smart. Now,
0: she does a lot of gorgeous artwork. She is available for commissions, too. Her artist name is Art by Zara, and she's linked on our website. Do keep in mind, lead time is quite far out because she is a vet student. But yeah. it's worth the wait. It's absolutely Mother's worth the wait. Day is
1: coming up. So get in those orders now, friends.
0: hmm So yep. you can find all of that and information on a worthy cause of the time on our website as well. So I think sure. that we still have information about koalas up there.
1: Mm-hmm, um, we do. Because
0: even they though are still were successfully fought a long time ago, it is still a very relevant wildlife cause. Um, but... Who knows? Maybe we'll give it an update.
1: Karina, soon. did you did you remember that the the terrible wildfires in Australia were last winter?
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. that was also twenty twenty.
1: Yep. I'm just going to so, say that. Yep. Um, if you want even more of us, you can follow us on social media. And in particular, this week, I would love to know. What surprised you about platypuses in this episode? Jump on and tell us the most surprising thing for you about platypuses from this episode. You can find us on
0: Twitter at Cast Critter and Instagram at CritterCast Podcast. Heck yeah. Or Facebook at just plain old CritterCast. That's right. CritterCast, not just plain old. (laughs) <laughs> and you'll find don't confuse us. us you'll find us we're out there you can find us on all those platforms and bonus points if with your favorite surprising fact about platypus you also put your favorite platypus
1: picture <gasps> yes please please because i want to see your platypus picture yes show and me. If and you if like you don't have doodle, a platypus wait right, if you don't have one. a platypus yes draw, draw it i don't or, care or, how bad it is or make a platypus face
0: or a plushie i want a platypus plushie
1: yeah. Do these things. Do all yes. these things. All of them. And show us. We want to marvel at your yes. extreme talent and, and or capacity for embarrassing yourself.
0: <laughs> both. Either or is both. perfect.
1: They're both beautiful.
0: One last little note to all of our, our podcast family out there. If you are part of a podcast um, that is led and created and hosted by female persons or, or non, you know, people that need a little bit more of a spotlight, people of color, if you have an animal podcast, if you have a science-filled podcast, even if you just have a podcast you think we might enjoy, even if none of the others apply to you, please reach out to us via email at crittercastpodcast at gmail.com to let us know that you may be interested in sharing a promotion with our listeners. So we're going to get back to promo spotlights. Um, And just to clarify... This is not a review of your podcast. This is not us giving you a personal recommendation. It's just us giving you 30 seconds of our episode to tell us about your show. That's right. So if you've got a, a 30 to 30-second 30 to one-minute promo or trailer that you would like to share with us, please feel free to do Send so. Send it our way. And likewise, if you have a show that you would like to feature our promo on or you're interested in collaborating with us.
1: <gasps> yes, we love collaborating. Please Let's reach out. It. Some of
0: our favorite episodes we've ever done have been collaborations with some of our most awesome shows. We've collaborated with Pups and Pop Culture, which has a new name now, I think. That's right. It's all about dogs podcast now. Fun. We've mm-hmm. collaborated with um, Muttville Senior Dog Rescue. That so was super fun. That was, that episode was A few episodes back. Yep. We have also collaborated. What was the other one we collaborated Hidden
1: Wings with? and Bloodlust. Yes. That was really fun. That was a lot of fun. And Moxie Labouche's um, Your Brain on Facts. Your Brain on Facts. That's yes. correct. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I know there's one other one we're missing and I'm forgetting it. I'm forgetting it.
1: Podcasts you- we listen to.
0: There we go. Yes. There you go. You had it. Um, and plus, we of course have our friends that you know, we regularly check in with and interact with sure on social friends. media. Those friends, such as the Varmints podcast. Woo! That team over there has been incredibly supportive They're amazing. Even during our hiatus. We love them. They're we've the also best. got Strange Animals podcast, Keeper yep. Chat, yep. Uh, The Nagging Naturalist. Oh, love them. Yes. Guys, we've has. got so many.
1: The zoo of, just the zoo of us.
0: Just the zoo of us. And there's
1: so many new animal and science podcasts too. There's anthropology There's just a whole bunch. We'll do, we'll do some posts on social media. Keep an eye out.
0: A hundred percent. Yes. So, you know, we're excited to be back. We're thrilled. We're excited to have you back. And we hope that you're ready to jump into season two of CritterCast. See you later, alligator.
1: After a while, crocodile.
0: This is the CritterCast podcast.